everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. Hi. I'm Charles. <laughs> What's up? Actually, I'm posting this in the new year, so happy 2023. Oh my god, we're, we're in the future! I know, ah. yeah! Wait, wait, maybe we'll never even make it there in this episode. We'll like never <laughs> see the light of day, so who the fuck knows? Um, we only have like a day to go. Um, but we're talking The Crying Game from 1992, directed Yay. by Neil Jordan. This was your... I have no reference of this movie, so my first impressions are pretty like small i think i've heard it referenced in a pop culture way mm. but i don't think i've ever seen it or knew what this was about so this was your kind of pick so yeah what why did you pick this one i liked it why did you pick this one yeah um so i saw this was showing on hbo on hbo max um mm-hmm. and this is a movie that um i uh saw for the first time when i was about 14 or 15 oh wow and okay i just think it's such like a cool mix of like you know a, i i do you think it's weird if we call it a love story? Like, I think it's a love story. I mean, okay. I guess it turned into a thriller near the end, but yeah. it was definitely more of like a love story, but multiple love stories with like multiple characters. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, um, you know, I, I think it's just a cool mix of like a, being a love story and just like a political thriller and like mm-hmm. a erotic thriller. And, um, you know, it's, um, you know, and, and it's just 1992 and Jay Davidson is looking hot in that like, you know that skirt while she, she's singing the crying game oh my and gosh I, I love all of her clothes and um i just um think that you know um i think the acting in this movie is really spectacular and um it's just a movie that i think is fun you know to watch yeah um, it's it, uh, good it's um definitely you know keeps you in, in, engaged um you know and it's it, um it's it's good it's fun so um yeah, so, i liked it so what did you think seeing that this was your first time seeing it? Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. And I feel like what's interesting, too, is that I what I really picked up on was that it was Neil Jordan, mm-hmm. who also directed Interview with a Vampire literally the next year, because this was 92 and that was 93. Oh, okay. Um, or was that 94? It was like his next big film i think was interview with a vampire so also stephen ray who plays fergus slash jimmy in this is that like really horrible vampire in interview with a vampire who like spoiler alert if you haven't seen it then skip it uh kills claudia and is like really cunty (laughs) like but it's really funny to see him in a completely different way because i don't think i've seen him like that before there's that scene in interview with, with the vampire when louis runs into him in paris for the first time that's just like you know and they're like he's sort of they're like un- underneath that bridge and yeah it's just like oh my god there's more of them and he's like so, dancing upside down and i was like oh and my god like, that's not natural you know and he's like <laughs> weird and he's like huh like louis just like oh god just a fucking idiot which apparently <laughs> there's drama there's like there's alleged drama in the tom cruise brad pitt camp in real life for this like oscar or not oscar like award seasons coming up oh which really? i find really funny yeah i just read some article that was saying that like tom cruise was mad he wasn't nominated for a golden globe <laughs> and that brad pitt was nominated for babylon and like top gun made a fuck ton of money and babylon's made like nothing so i think <laughs> I he mean, was kind of like why was i not like you know nominated i mean you know i mean the thing is is that top gun came out like six months ago so maybe not a lot of people were maybe it's not as fresh in people's minds they re-released it in the theater it's like still making money 
Wow, that's great. And it apparently was like just got on Paramount Plus and it was like the most streamed in its history. I was like, there's a curt, there's like a spell on it. Oh. It's like at, once everyone saw it, like I didn't see it because I'm just like not about flying like that. And I don't like really want to be in the like cockpit of a fighter pilot mm-hmm. of like a fighter plane. But like they everyone was like, Oh my god, it's so good. It doesn't even matter if you don't like flying. It's just like so great and it's so like heartwarming. And I was I like, mean- I mean, I don't okay. know. I, I saw it in theater and I liked it. I, I, I don't want to say that I felt my heart particularly warmed or anything. Yeah. But, I mean, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it was, everyone was, like, freaking out. Like, yeah, the volleyball scene. And I guess they had, like, new guys in the volleyball scene for this one. It was, like, Miles Teller and, like, some other guys. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, Babylon, I've heard all this stuff about, that it's the guy who did La La Land's movie. It's like... I mean, I think Babylon looks interesting. I'm, I'm sort of interested in uh, I'm interested about it. on streaming. Like, yeah, I, no yeah. one is going to the theater, I think is what the thing is. I think people thought that it was going to be like a theater movie. I think it's like 70 million. Like it's a lot, like it's cost uh, a lot of money. Uh-huh. And I think people are just not into it. Now everyone's going to see Avatar. Like that's what people go to theaters for. Yeah. So I feel like if it's just a random movie, they'll just, people will wait until it goes on Netflix. Yeah. Which is probably, that's probably when people will watch it, but it looks like it's kind of like, I've heard mixed reviews. Like some people say it's really great. It looks kind of like a Baz Luhrmann style. Which is, I think, what that guy kind of directs like, because I saw bits of La La Land and I was not into it. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's like really over the top, like a show yeah. kind of, like somewhat of like a drama musical like mix. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt are, you know, both really good actors. So I can't imagine it being like awful, but it's kind of funny that they're like <laughs> they're in this thing about it. So in this article, they were talking about Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt being in an interview with the vampire, and they said they like famously didn't get along. Like, uh, so they're like, there have been rivals this whole time. I'm like, have oh. <laughs> Like, in this article, they were like, yeah, they're like super rivals. I was like, oh, I don't think of them as rivals. Like, I mean, they're near the same age, but I don't think that they do similar movies at all. So I yeah, can't I imagine. Don't think so either. Rivals, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked this huh. movie. I thought it was really cool. I liked the we were just talking about how like I feel like I've heard about this film in pop culture. Like there may have been like a Seinfeld. Like, I guess it always kind of meant something about the transgender community when I would hear Crying Game. Mm-hmm. but it was always like a ne- it was always like something that was like a really poor taste joke that would never happen now but like yeah. in the 90s like that kind of like unfortunate comedy was like pretty commonplace in like a sitcom on a yeah. tv show well, so i feel like maybe that's where i heard about it yeah well um i um i i, I knew the, tw- the quote-unquote twist before i even saw this this movie um and that's i guess that's that might be my one problem with it is i sort of i guess i get sort of irritated by movies and there's like so much emphasis on this like one scene or this one twist that is apparently supposed to blow your mind yeah and so i mean um i mean i I knew that dill was transgender going into the movie to the movie so it wasn't like a big deal, but I mean, um, I, I just love, you know, the like dialogue and like, you know, the clothes and the settings and, you know, I, I mean, if, if you don't put so much emphasis on this one twist, it's still, it's still good, I think. Yeah, that's the thing is I remember, like, I knew that there was a transgender character or, like, part of the story in this movie. Like, I just knew that that from hearing what Crying Game was. Yeah. And, uh, but I didn't, uh, but the thing is, is that when this quote-unquote, like, reveal happened, I think I already knew about it going in, so I wasn't, like, 
shocked. Yeah, same. And I think even, I mean, I'm sure for like 1992 standards, it was like something that was not as common in films. But I guess where we've come now and having like a lot of different transgender actors and it's just like not a big deal. And I was kind of like, oh, that was the reveal. I thought it was going to be like, like really um jody was alive or something like some like oh, crazy obvious yeah. reveal where it was like some crazy thing where like you find out that like dill and jude are like secretly working together and like like or something you know something like really big not like yeah. oh the fact that she's trans like you know okay i mean i guess that does play into the story but i guess we're so like used to seeing a lot of it or not a lot of it but more than 92 so we're like yeah "Yeah, okay like what's the big deal like why is this such a hard you know thing to get over like but now it's kind of like oh okay like i get it in the 1992 sense of the word it is kind of it would be different yeah yeah well, that makes sense. But yeah, so when did you saw it at fourteen fifteen? Did you rent it or did you see it on like I TV? So. I think so. This was, I think this was around the time that I sort of co- um like kind of like a uh, kind of like bogarted my dad's like movie card to Hollywood Video. Oh. Um, and was just like, I mean, if you're not going to use it, then I will. So like, <laughs> um, so I think I was like going to the movies for at least like two or three times a week. So oh, cool. Um, and what was great about Hollywood Video is like. Is like you could rent the movies for five days instead of two days blockbuster, and um, <laughs> and like each VHS rental was only like one ninety nine. I a, know, as opposed yeah. to the three ninety nine from Blockbuster. Yeah, blockbuster was like kind of bougie. Mm-hmm. Like for people who didn't know, like back in the day, you would have like two different. At least I would have like two different video stores. You had the Blockbuster one, and then I had like Potomac Video or yeah. like Hollywood. You had like the more localized like. Um, neighborhood one and then you had like the chain because yeah blockbusters was like the walmart it was like yeah. the one that everybody had everywhere because oh the, so oh because because the th- thing was blockbusters like selection wasn't like great no you know? like i mean you, you need to go to like an indie store in order to get like the really good stuff that's so. potomac video was where i found greg Araki films oh okay cool. yeah like i saw the cover of nowhere i saw the tape cover of nowhere and the fact that it said this is like beverly hills 90210 on acid i was like fuck yes <laughs> this is like the best the best marketing you ever could have said to me at like 16 because yeah. i was like all about it and then yeah so th- that's like how i found it it definitely wasn't a fucking blockbuster like they wouldn't have like a rocky shit you know i was in when um there's that period of time when i was living in birmingham alabama after college and i didn't have a job and so my daily routine consists of getting up at about you know one to two thirty, sometime between there and i'd like you know somehow like you know like slide to some clothes and put shoes on and just walk up to the local blockbuster and like walk in. There's this guy named Gan who is the head clerk, and he like wore like a Darth he had he had like a Darth Vader like you know belt buckle, and like walked in. And I was like, hey, how's it going, Gan? He's like, hey, Charles. And so um, I like you know just like get a couple movies and you know like go back home and watch them. And um, <laughs> there was a point to this too. The, the story that wasn't you know charles was a complete bum in birmingham alabama 
<laughs> it was like, yeah, I remember. This is when you also, also like, like bought, bought every DVD like ever. <laughs> it was bad. You had like so much, yeah, and eventually you had to like get rid of them. But yeah, yeah. it was like you had like everything. Oh my god. <laughs> and I have to say that I looked on IMDb and I found one of the references. So if you look under references in IMDb, it has like how it connects to different things. There are so many connections to the crying game in pop culture. So oh. if you want to see a massive list. There is one, but specifically the one I was looking for, because I was like, it was in a Seinfeld episode. It's mentioned, I think, in two different ones. One's the Frogger. I think the VHS is seen in Jerry's apartment. And another one is, I believe it's the one where, like, Jerry had this. I just saw it, but it wasn't in, like, order. But the one I was really trying to think about was Dawson's Creek, because I was like, there's something that's really familiar that I've heard Crying Game, and it's in the Full Moon episode in season two. And it's when... Jen hooks up with that guy from the dock. Oh. Remember, he's like really old, and like Abby was trying to hook up with him, but then he ended up coming to Jen's house because like yeah. Grams was gone. And then I think she says like they start making out, and she's trying to like stop it. She's like, "Hold on, hold on, I have something to tell you." And I think he says like, "You're not like, or like, how old are you?" or something like that. And then he talks. They talk about like their first like sexual experience, and he tells this story about like how he was in like um some town like he was like you know on the docks whatever and like dock somewhere and he like met this this woman and then i think he found out at their apartment that they were transgender but he said full-on crying game oh okay like when he described what happened i think uh, i mean what no way and that's what he said about i mean there's also that song lola by the kinks that basically describes the plot of this 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 movie (laughs) oh yeah you know like yeah that's right that's so crazy yeah so there are actually a lot of different references apparently just shoot me that was a like a sitcom that was on in the 90s about a fashion magazine with like david I, spade i think yeah there's a there's a transgender character in um like the original east ventura and i think that like when jim carrey's character like finds out he sort of has like a breakdown and you know, just like, you know, he's just like burns all of his clothes and just like huddles into a corner in the bathroom, like sobbing, going like, why? Why? Oh, God. I think that I was supposed to kind of be like a allusion to this movie, too. So um, that's really bad then. Like everything that they use this kind of movie as a reference for seemed to be like a really tasteless joke. Yeah, yeah. Like no, back mean, in the like, day, it was never anything. I mean, it's, you know, this movie is basically a punchline and it's not even like all, all all the jokes aren't really all that original you know it's like the same one over and over again (laughs) yeah it's really fucked up it's like what is it like um yeah i mean i I don't know the word for it now but but yeah that's true it is it is like a and it's really sucks because i wish i didn't have that preconceived notion going in because i mean not that i i didn't really think anything bad about it going in or anything mm-hmm. i just knew what the like quote-unquote twist was but it really is so much more than that oh yeah absolutely like, yeah I mean, it's like it's, that it shouldn't keep anyone from watching it or like even some I mean, different people might be like oh i don't want to watch that it's like no but that's like who cares I mean, that's not you, what it's about you don't even meet dill until almost like an hour into the, the movie and, and yeah um, like i mean i mean in the first like 45 minutes it's like fergus and jody he's know, basically like almost, in love with forrest whitaker yeah yeah <laughs> like in reality because he's even seeing him in his head <laughs> so i'm like wait you're really in love with him and you're really only with dill to get closer to jody which can never yeah. ever happen because he died but like yeah yeah, that's it's so true. 
Oh gosh. Well, let's go on to behind the scenes. Okay. Now this had a big year at the Oscars, I think, as far as nominations go. Yes, it did. Um, okay, so let me get this. IMDb is seven point two out of ten. That's kind of low, but I mean, you know. I um yeah I, I agree. Um, I I I thought it was I thought it, I thought it should be like a solid you know like seven nine eight zero. Yeah, you know? I thought it was going to be an eight, like an eight yeah. out of ten or eight point Rotten Tomatoes gives us a ninety four, so that's critic score, so that's like near perfect. And then audience, audience gives it a 78, which is also like, I mean, it's kind of low, but it's better than IMDb. Yeah. Uh, the budget for this movie was 2.3 million pounds, which is, I guess, like, I mean, it's totally different back in 92, like what that would be. I didn't do that calculation, but it made 71 million at the box office. Oh, wow. So it like really did super well. Um, I just have like two interesting little tidbits. I didn't do like a ton of research on it, but... Fergus and Dill, the two characters, have a 23-year age gap in real life. But as we were saying, you don't really know how old either one of them actually are. Yes. Um, I thought I had read somewhere that um, that there's like supposed to be some very subtle hints that Dill is supposed to be older than Fergus slash Jimmy. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Um, so I'm not sure if that was intended or if that's just like, or if that's just people pulling stuff out of thin air that isn't actually there but um you know um but i'm I'm, uh yeah but yeah i did think that was interesting yeah it's really cool like it's it's so cool and also like jay who plays um who plays dill was found in a bar yeah like when cast for this movie which i find really interesting and it was also jay davidson's like film debut Yes. Who I think has been in some things after this, but not a ton. I think the only other movie he did after this was Stargate. Oh, that's um, right. And then, um, which I actually thought he was great in too, because he plays like an alien who takes on the form of like Ra, the Egyptian sun god. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, I think other than that, that uh, I think those are his only two movies. I think he might have done a short film and made an appearance on a TV show, but I think he left act- left acting like um like so um, interesting like pretty pretty quickly so i wonder if like well it says like i wonder if he like what kind of reception that he got like for this movie yeah yeah because he's um i think his mother's from ghana and his father is british oh okay um because he's american Oh, he is. Yeah, like he's born in California. Oh, oh wait, okay. but it says grew. Oh, it says left. Oh, I see. See, I'm literally just. This is how bad I am at like researching. Um, it says that like he was born in California, but he left for England at two and a half. Oh, okay. So okay, he was actually raised in England then, which is so crazy. And yeah, apparently this says like he was nominated for an Academy Award in '93, like for this movie, and he quickly became the biggest question mark of the Oscars. Not just the matter of whether he would decide to attend the show, but what he'd wear if he show if he did show up. After being modest about the event for weeks, he showed up in an aptly gender bending ensemble, a women's equestrian style blazer, white shirt, riding breeches, and thigh high leather boots. God, later he that sounds sounds so cool. Yeah, you should look it up right now. Okay. Um, later, he pronounced himself happy to have met Jane, Jane Fonda and touched Richard Gere's back. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. He, he's, he sounds absolutely, like, delightful. Um, <laughs> I know. Like... <laughs> I'm going to look this up right now. Oscars. 
Let's get a live reaction. Okay. Oh my god, it's so fucking cool. Is it? Yeah. Hold on. Jay Davidson Oscars. 1993. It's really cool. Oh, that looks so cool. So cool. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Okay, so that's all I have for behind the scenes. So okay. you give me the Oscar dirt. Like, okay. what the fuck happened? Who won this year? Who robbed this? So this movie was nominated for six Academy Awards. Wow. Um, best Picture, Best Director, Neil Jordan. Best Actor in a Leading Role, Stephen Ray. Best Supporting Actor, Jay Davidson. Best Original Screenplay, Neil Jordan. And Best Editing. Um, in my opinion, I think that Miranda Richardson should have been nominated yeah, too. Dude. How, however, she was nominated, but just for a different movie. Oh, really? The same year? Yes, yes. Oh, what did she do? She uh, This is for a movie called Damage, or Damages. Um, and it's about, it has Jeremy Irons in it, and he plays like a member of Parliament. And oh, God, he, he would. And he, uh, he um, to not give too much away, he begins an affair with his son's fiance. Oh God. He again he would. <laughs> so um so um I'll just leave it at that. Um but um so um this movie um lost all categories except for best original screenplay. Um I watched a sort of a featurette on the game and Neil Jordan seemed, you know, like it, it's it's funny when, when when you when you see filmmakers talk about the oscars because they're usually like there's this like faux kind of graciousness you know they're like oh yeah i mean we didn't win but it was just such a fun night and neil jordan was having none of that shit like he <laughs> oh, really he was just like yeah i won an oscar but that i we, we only won because that's what independent movies got as a consolation prize so Oh my god, so he, that's so funny. He, he won, but he was like mad about it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so funny. So um, so let's so the, the other nominees this year were um for Best Picture, Howard's End. What a, is that? That's a movie with Emma Thompson and Van- Vanessa Redgrave. And it takes place in like Victorian England, and you know it's lots of people walking into rooms going, "Oh, I, oh, I, what? Oh, oh, oh my!" <laughs> so, just like in the bedroom, yeah. Sissy <laughs> space, chopping vegetables for an hour and a half. Chop, yeah, chop, chop, chop. Um, uh, so uh, a few good men. Um, you can't handle the truth. I want the truth. You can't you handle, handle the, the truth. truth. No truth handling for you. <laughs> um, um, but um, yeah, have you s- 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 seen that yet? No. Uh. Uh-uh. It, it's it's really good. It, you know, I mean, it's a has, good legal, isn't it? It's a good legal, like a good legal film. Yeah, and it's it's a legal film, but it's like a but it's like a military legal film. Oh. Um, and Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, I'm looking it up. Demi Moore, oh, mm-hmm. Aaron Sorkin, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I think it is an Aaron S- Sorkin movie. Um, legal drama, trial drama. <laughs> um, uh, the third nominee this year was Scent of a Woman, starring Al Pacino and Chris <laughs> O'Donnell. Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! <laughs> and the <laughs> movie that basically swept um, swept a bunch of stuff this year. Don't tell me it was the English patient. And one best picture was Unforgiven, directed, starring, and starring Clint 
Clint Eastwood. Oh, I've never seen that. Isn't that a western? It's yeah. It's it's really good though. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not a huge western, but I'm starting to get more into them as I get older. Like, um, I, I think this was only like the second or third time that a western had won Best Picture at the Oscars. Oh, um, wow. because I think like Dances with Wolves had won a couple years before, and That's then Kevin be- Costner, right? Yeah, and then before that, I think the last western to win was came out like 1932. So, like, oh shit, yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. So Stephen Ray was nominated for um, Best Actor in a Leading Role. Um, the other nominees that year included Clint Eastwood for Unforgiven, Al Pacino for Scent of, of a Woman. And this was the year that he won, but it was like kind of a soft consolation prize. Like He won for Scent of a Woman? He won for Scent of a Woman. What? <laughs> Wait, in that he hadn't won anything else since? No. No, because he like, didn't win for The Godfather or like Serpico or he didn't like win for The Godfather. Scarface. He didn't win for Serpico. He didn't win for Dog Day Afternoon. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they pulled like a didn't De Niro take or no Scorsese? They like just gave it to him for like The Departed, and I was like, yeah, really? Yeah. You didn't give it? Wait, and De Niro like didn't De Niro get it kind of late? He got Raging Bull, but he'd been um, in like a bunch of shit before well, that. Yeah, he well he won for Raging Bull, which I think is like considered his probably considered his best his movie. best he, movie. I also won for The Godfather Part Two. Oh, he won supporting. Yeah, yeah, and I think Pacino was kind of pissed about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is also the year that Denzel Washington was nominated for Malcolm X. Oh, that was so. Um, I mean, that, this is a. I mean, I probably would have given it to Denzel for Malcolm X. I, so I, I personally, good. I personally, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very like um, unbiased when it comes to Denzel. I mean, if he's nominated, I'm just gonna be, be like, why doesn't he win? You know, he um, could have won so many times. Like, I feel like before Training Day, it, I feel oh, like Training yeah. Day was like his consolation one, which obviously was a really fucking good movie. But he has been in like big movies before then that you would have thought he probably would have won already. Yeah, yeah, but um, I'm, I mean, I'm glad he did win. And the final actor nominated for in a leading role this year was a very young Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin. Oh, that's right. I forgot he did play Chaplin. Yeah, yeah Downey Jr. is like a better actor than people give um I think people give him credit for because now he's really known for Iron Man. Yeah. But he yeah. is in like really cool, like Less Than Zero is really cool, which we'll have to do for like a backtrack because that's from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But yeah, like he's really he does really cool shit. So, uh, Jay Davidson was was nominated for Best Supporting Actor and didn't win. I um, the actor who won this year was Gene Hackman for Unforgiven, oh. and I was like, Whatever. I mean, he's good. It's just you know, I don't know. No, Dil- Jay Davidson should have won. I, I thought Dill was so good in this movie. Yeah, Dill um, was so good. And um, the other nominees this year were um, um, besides Jay Davidson and Gene Hackman were Al Pacino for Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Um, okay. which I think is based on a David Mamet play. Um, okay. Jack Nicholson for A Few Good Men and David Paymer for Mr. Saturday Night. Oh, what's that? <laughs> I have no idea. I think it has <laughs> Billy Crystal. Um, oh, okay. And, um, and then, um, and then, um, the nominees for the one category that The Good Book Crying Game did actually win was for Best Original Screenplay. And the other nominees that year were Woody Allen for Husbands and Wives. Ooh. Um, I mean, was that a screenplay, though? I mean, did I, he I, have to write that? I mean, <laughs> I guess it was words on a page, and that counts as fiction. <laughs> so. It has to be, yeah, because, it, I mean, that was, like, his real life playing out. 
Um, the movie Lorenzo's Oil, which I don't think I've ever seen. What's that? Um, Lorenzo's Oil. I think it has Susan Strand in it. Something about a disease and a young <laughs> child or something. Yeah, that sounds um, like an Oscar movie. There's um, a movie called Passion Fish, which I actually saw and I really liked. Um, it's, about the, it's about an actress who, um, it stars Mary McDonald, and she uh, plays in, like an actress who is paralyzed in a car accident from the waist down. Um, oh. And um, yeah, it's good. And then um, An Unforgiven was also nominated for Best Original Screenplay. And then just as a side note, this was the year that, um, that Mar- Marissa Tomei upturned the apple cart and won Best Supporting Actress for My Cousin Vinny. So, um, <laughs> like... <laughs> Wait, did people not think she was going to win? Was that like a, su- like she, a shock surprise? She was not supposed to win at all. Right? Really? I mean, no, like, um, like, I mean, I think there were like a <laughs> bunch of people that like, you know, Judy Davis was nominated for Husbands and Wives. There's that incredible scene where she's like, I don't, don't believe this. I don't fucking believe this. Oh, yeah. We're having an affair. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and, that was so good. You know, and like Vanessa Redgrave was nominated for like the big hitter, like Howard's End. And, yeah. Joan, and Joan Plowright was nominated for like the very soft spoken role in, in Enchanted April. And out of all of these beautiful <laughs> actresses, Marissa Tomei basically slits everyone's throats and comes out the, the winner. Um, <laughs> so, That's so awesome. <laughs> um, so, um, just as a side note, um, this was Jay Davison's first, like, first theatrical movie, and he he was nominated for a um, for um, an, an Oscar in his first pr- performance, That's and insane. he joined and he joined a list of some very prestigious people. Who, oh. who accomplished the same thing? Who were nominated for um, uh, for an Oscar for their first movie, and these include Lupita Lupita Nyong'o for Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, that was her first like theatrical mm-hmm. movie. Uh, wow, Gabrielle Hidebay for Precious. Oh, um, Jennifer Hudson for Dream Girls. Uh, Catalina Sandino Moreno for Maria Full of Grace. Oh, um, Edward Norton for Primal Fear. Uh, oh God, he got robbed. That oh, was, know, that's right? probably my favorite legal film. Oh, it's so Primal good. Fear. Oh, God. Um, we should do that too. Diana Ross for for Lady Sings the Blues, where she plays Billie Holiday. Everyone's and black or brown, but Edward Norton. I know, <laughs> like um, literally. And um, uh, 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 this is apparently a um gay um a gay argument that's going to rage on until infinity about what? who deserved the Oscar that year: Diana Ross or Liza Minnelli for Cabaret. Oh um, shit! Wait, what was uh was Billie Holiday or Cabaret? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, also the um also not um nominated for an Oscar in their first movie were, was Lily Tomlin for the movie Nashville. Um, oh. o- o- Oprah Winfrey for the color purple. And um, Dr. Hyde S. Nagore for The Killing Fields. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, so that is all I have for Oscars trivia. Um, <laughs> Oscars trivia. <laughs> <laughs> back, back to you, Lauren. Oh, my gosh. Well, do you want to move on to the fashion? I would love to. Because literally it's everything that Dill wears. <laughs> yeah. End of story. <laughs> Just go watch this movie and pay attention to everything that Dill wears. But yeah. <laughs> Sandy Powell does the costumes for this. And Sandy Powell has won three Oscars for oh, okay. costume design. The Young Victoria in 2010... 
The Aviator in 2005 and Shakespeare in Love in 99. But she was also nominated for Velvet Goldmine in 98, which was amazing costuming. Gangs of New York, she was nominated for. She was nominated for Hugo, Cinderella, Carol, The Favorite, oh, and The wow. Irishman, and a bunch of others. But those are just the ones that that I know, okay. like the one, the movies that I know. But, but I, mean, I mean, they're just uh, they're just so many amazing costumes in this. What are you like? Oh, well, I can go first. My first sign or my first kind of note that I had was I loved how like uh, Fergus and like his gang was all dressed because it was like Ireland. It was. Uh, like this time right it's like 90s it's like late 80s fashion early 90s it felt very like post-punk like joy division like a lot of like black leather like he had like a black leather coat and like jeans on and jude had a really cool like beige cable net sweater at some point oh that's right um like jody forrest whitaker had like this denim jacket and just like this mat like just like massive like was it chinos? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're like chinos, like this red shirt, like very Gap. It was yeah. like the colors of the Gap. So yeah, it's just like it really reminded me of like the style that like people actually wore. And then we yes. have Dill's costumes, which are just like so amazing. Also, I do love Fergus's like pea coat. Oh, he has yeah. like a pea coat at one one point. That's really cool, and like his denim. Um, but I mean, Dill, her outfits are so cool. Like I love that yellow beaded mini dress when she's singing the crying game. Yeah, that was so cool. So cool, super seventies. She has like these red like bobble earrings that are so cool. Mm-hmm. At one point, she has like a purple velvet dress. I think when she's like inside her apartment and like you know lolling around. She, I love Fergus's like suit, like when he moves to London and then he ends up getting this like Navy kind of like suit jacket and he wears like a, a white button up shirt, but without a tie. And I like how it's blue. I just like the contrast that it's not like a black suit. It's like a blue suit. It's really cool. Yeah. Um. I mean, Dill has that dope ass like motorcycle jacket that has like spikes on these sleeves. Oh yeah. That was so cool. And yeah. Then she has like this floral kind of shirt underneath it, like super colorful gold chandelier earrings. Um, these really cool black, like, like, uh, thin, like sunglasses. Like she's mm-hmm. very, like, it's very Madonna yeah it's very like what madonna would wear and kind of like that like gaudy costumey jewelry that kind of was like almost like versace kind of style like Mm -hmm. bright color florals like spikes like just really it's actually still kind of popular it's it's really timely i don't think it's anything that's like super dated but a lot of it was really cool like the black she has like a black dress on she has a fringe jacket on at one point a black fringe one um she has yeah. this really cool, like, multicolored. It looks like a jean jacket, but it's, like, on top of this black, like, button front skirt. That's super yeah. 90s. It's just, yeah, it's just really fucking cool. Like, do you have any standouts? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I loved uh, the jean jacket that Jude is wearing when she seduces um, J- Jody in, like, the first yeah. scene. Um, I'm, I, I, um, it's sort of, like, that very, like, light, lightly, like, light blue kind of acid wash color mm-hmm. um and i've um i've always been kind of curious about a jean jacket because i sort of want one but i don't know if i can pull it off oh my god you should get one i really yeah. i have one i just haven't i don't wear it as much as i used to i'm probably gonna wear it in the spring because it's like it's a tricky coat because denim is not like warm mm. quote unquote but it's kind of like heavy yeah so okay. it's not something you wear for like warmth they have those ones that have like the um fur inside of it like the shearling inside that are like oh warmer. right 
but like if it's like winter time like right now it's actually like unseasonably warm but like if it was um super cold like it's not a substitute for like a winter coat so it's more like a fall spring coat and like a summer coat but yeah i fucking i want a black one really bad i have to thrift for one because i want like a thrifted one okay yeah 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 Yeah, we should thrift for one okay cool yeah um really cool they're a good staple I'm sure. Um, I love the gold dress and earrings that Dill wears when she's performing the crying game, like on so stage. Cool. Is this and, and like they sort of have that like they sort of have that like sort of like swirly like red and like like green and like um red like pattern on on, on them. Yeah. Um, and it's just cool. Um, and um, I love uh what uh she wears when. Uh, Fergus slash Jimmy takes her out for like their 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 like Jimmy. first date. J- Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and I was like, "You charming motherfucker! You bought her flowers." Oh, um, I know. I was like, "Oh." Um, this doesn't necessarily count as a style icon, but I just love Jill's apartment like so much. Oh my god, the real estate! <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> so good. I, I, I was, and, 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 and I guess that wasn't supposed to be a very like good area of London at the time, so we could probably get it like really cheap. Oh, um, yeah, but not now. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, not now. Yeah. I um I really love the red dress that Dill wears for their second date. Um, yeah, and the earrings. Yes, yes. Yeah, they're really cool too. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, and dude, I love so- her hair because my hair is like similar to her hair. Yeah. So I love her hair. I think it's so cool. And like Jude's outfit when she pops back up into the story is like so cool. She has that Mission Impossible '60s spy kind of look. Like yeah, she has yeah. like this like minty shirt, and then she has this like like navy blazer, which is really fucking cool. Um, because uh, like I think like Jude has that line where she's um. Well, also I love the change to her hair. Um, yeah, the red. Yeah, um, and and um, I think think she has a line where she's just like, I don't know, I thought I needed a change, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, um, I think she was like, I was gonna be blonde. <laughs> Um, we can't and, do the um, Irish accent. I'm sorry. No, um, I mean we are going to try, and it is going to be abysmal. And <laughs> we're just there's no point in apologizing. It's just going to be bad. Yeah, so, it's go- it's like, going to be really bad because we just don't hear it like at um, all. Um, but um, and then uh, I'm trying to think. I um, there's an outfit that um Dill is wearing when um, Fergus is taken by Jude and uh Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of taken to the spot and like Dill follows and she's wearing that like really cool like multicolored jacket yeah it's um, so cool and then um and then um I'm trying to think. I love how like Fergus is like super hot and like unassuming like yeah. you just think he's gonna be like so whatever and then he like beats up Dave in the street like yeah for, for, um <laughs> that's like one of my favorite scenes and then even just when someone is like trying to like give Dill shit like he just goes like did you ever pick up your teeth with broken fingers? <laughs> They're yeah, like, and what does that mean? I was like, who cares? It means he's going to beat the shit out of you if you fuck with her. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I think my exact quote was, um, oh, and then um, I love the outfit that Dill wears to j- j- Jimmy's work. Just when, yeah. Um, um, and then um, I think the exact quote that I wrote after finding out, and then which was okay. Um, after he delivers that line about picking up teeth with broken fingers, was 
okay, Jimmy turning into super threatening alpha male is pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I guess finally my, um, I love the outfit that uh, Jude wears to the assassination. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess finally my last note is just, um, I really like the outfit that Dill wears to visit Jimmy in prison. Um, oh yeah that's really cool because like she uh she's wearing those like really like cool heels and they're they're like you know like clackers and just like mm-hmm. um, just like the way she walks she just looks really cool she looks so cool i can't believe that that was his first movie i know right like, why the fuck is he not just give him the oscar like at least like, he negotiated for a bigger role in stargate i mean it got like a million dollars yeah that's, that's yeah. pretty good but god what's that supposed to mean it's a simple question <laughs> it's very like begbie from train spotting but begbie would have been like way more like intense with it yeah but yeah. but he's actually scottish as opposed to like dill who thinks fergus or thinks jimmy is scottish and never yeah. gets corrected that he's irish <laughs> yeah I, really yeah I, I i guess fergus was just like i'll get to it when i get to it yeah <laughs> like this is the least of my situation now i'm trying to like leave town like i'm trying to like you know change my life kind of it's so funny um cool all right well let's move on to music okay what did you get from music there was one song that i thought was a madonna song but it it didn't like pick it up when i did the shazam let me see if i can find it yeah because it was in the club i think or in the bar there um well um i i love how for opening credits we get uh when a man <laughs> loves a woman and it, it was weird because looking at the lyrics i was like this song isn't as romantic as i thought it was can't like, keep all these, his mind on nothing else <laughs> like all, all these lyrics are kind of dark about like the w- w- woman being like an awful person yeah like, <laughs> oh totally um and then of course, we hear the crying game about about sixty times, mm-hmm. um, which I, I suppose is to be expected. And then, um, just a side note: there is a performer who performs after Dill performs, and um, as, oh, yeah. and um, I, I was like, I don't, I don't care what her name is, what her story is. She needs her own movie. Um, I know. Yeah, I was like, what? This is like a prequel to uh, the Adventures of Priscilla. <laughs> yeah. Like we're gonna follow her now, and then and then the bird cage when we come back into the states. Hopefully, <laughs> the bird cage. It's like I want to know. It um, wasn't Madonna. Not that I could find. Apparently, Pet Shop Boys had like three songs on here. Oh, okay. So that really oh, makes really? it. Yeah, um, that really. Also, the Crying Game. One of them is a Pet Shop Boys version. Um, and then I know that Lyle Lovett sings the cl- closing credits to Stand, Stand by, by Your Man. He yeah, is not Tammy Wynette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they're doing that series on Showtime with Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain. Oh, that, I think that's her name. That could be good. Isn't um, she the one that just won the Oscar for playing uh, Tammy Faye Baker? Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. I think it's her. But I don't know much about Tammy Wynette. Um, I think that. Uh, oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of about Patsy Cline. Never mind. Um, yeah, like I, but, I get a lot of them. Um, um, like, other country people. I uh, think that like in the movie Coal Miner's Daughter, that Sissy Spacek won her Oscar for for playing Loretta Lynn. Oh. Um, that uh, Beverly D'Angelo plays patsy klein and um I love like her. and uh it was cool because i think they both like sang like their their like own songs in the oh. movie oh um, that's cool 
but um, you're asking about Tammy Wynette, and that's a completely different person. Yeah, right. So you always get on. And then speaking of Tammy Wynette, but not um, Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton are doing New Year's Eve, which I think is pretty perfect. Oh, thank God! <laughs> I was like Dolly. I love Dolly. Um. So also correction to what I just said. Uh, there are three songs produced by the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, okay. on this, not performed by the Pet Shop Boys, but. One, I think the last crying game is actually performed by Boy George. Yeah, but yeah. produced by the Pet Shop Boys. So that's why I was you know, seeing I, the Pet Shop. You know, I went to a uh, rave in Charlotte when I was in college, and um, and Boy George was performing as 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 a DJ. No way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's like a fancy rave. Um, and um, I, and um, he like looked like really cool. And um, oh, did he? Yeah. And um, and um, I was like, I was like, okay, that was worth the wait because <laughs> like he if- didn't. Co- because like he didn't come on until like three o'clock in the morning. So. Oh damn! Yeah. <laughs> well, if anyone out there knows uh, Real Housewives and uh, is into Bravo, uh, we all know about how what Boy George means in Beverly Hills Housewives. <laughs> because like his manager is on his manager's wife is on the show. Oh, so really? like Boy George actually has shown up and performed at some like dinners because they're like we're friends with Boy George. And like, and like, he stays with us when he like comes home from England or whatever. It's actually really funny. Cool. He's like shown up on the show a few times, which is really crazy. Um, cool. Well, yeah. Do you have any more music notes? Apparently, it wasn't Madonna. I don't know who that. Um, that I think that's. I think that's all I I have. Um, what about you? Um, I just have that. I really love that when a man loves a woman song. I love the stand by your man. That we yeah. mentioned. And I really like the Kate Robbins crying game song, which I don't think I'd heard until this movie. Okay. Yeah, so I actually really liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, that's about it. Let's uh let's mosey on to favorite scenes and lines. Woohoo! So yeah, like I my first note was just like an overall of the first like 30 minutes, like the first act, and I was just like I was like Fergus developing this relationship with Jody, like after like how they trapped him and they were going to use him for ransom was like such an amazing story. Mm -hmm. And for some reason I thought I just, I think I thought it was going to go one way and I was happy that it went and like it went another way. And I'm, and I kind of could feel that like, I was like, okay, I, I was really confused. I was like, well, how is this movie gonna play out because i feel like i knew that there was like a trans character element and i was like i don't think it's one of these people but like is he gonna die and or is he gonna is it gonna be like like jody and fergus throughout this the story and they encounter someone like how is this gonna play out yeah and i kind of thought that it was gonna be cut short but i was genuinely shocked when like finally like all these just like their relationship really was building you know what i mean like it was building to this like you know the other people in the ira like kind of were like what the fuck you can't be like talking to him like put that hood over his head like why are you like being nice to him and then he's like requesting to like spend time overnight with him and they're just talking and then they finally just like are moving locations and then he just like gets out of his like cuff and he's like running away but then he stops and they catch up to each other and i was like they're totally in like this emotional like love or like not a love kind of like you see in the movies but like this emotional like trauma relationship yes that is like kind of neither one of them want to be in these situations but he's kind of you know like in this in this 
in this world, like in this kind of like jam at the moment. And it's like, they, they can escape and do this together. And as he's escaping, they want him to shoot him. The IRA, they're like, we need to shoot him because like, you know, whatever, whatever, like this is our plan. And he's like, I can't shoot him in the back. Like, this is crazy. Like I care about him. He's running away getting to a road and you think that like, he's just going to like end up being picked up and like get away and gets fucking just hit. Oh my God. And it- run over like, <laughs> boom. Like, and I was like, Oh my God. I think I actually was like, Oh my God. Oh, I was like, Oh my God. No. And then it turns into like this narcos, like Pablo Escobar raid. Yeah. And these like helicopters come from everywhere. They shoot up this like IRA bunker where they've been keeping this prisoner. Like everything blows up. You think that like Jude and Peter are going to get away. These other two characters that we see in like the beginning that are like kidnapping Jody. And I was like, Oh shit, they're going to get away. And then like, you know, later on we find out that Jude is still around, but like everyone else died. And I was like, fuck. And I think I just texted you. I was like, so there's just Fergus. <laughs> like this is it like damn and then of course he like goes against the you know goes across the water yeah and then that's when you like find out that like dill is actually jody's partner who he like mm-hmm. mentions that like if i do die please just tell her i was thinking about her and like or wife or girlfriend i don't know if they're like wife or or what but i thought that like someone said something at some point that said they considered each other to be married okay yeah that's what i, I thought it was so. like Maybe, yeah. yeah, obviously not legalized, but it was... So we didn't know throughout this whole time. We knew that there was a, a wife, and we knew that she was a hairdresser and, like, yeah. all this kind of stuff. So he eventually went to go um, look look her up. Um, what's his name? Uh, Fergus went to go look look her up, and mm-hmm. that's when we, like, meet Dill and find out. I mean, I knew immediately that she was trans, but I'm assuming for the sake of the story that Fergus didn't know. Yeah, I think um, this is, I know this is not the right ter- terminology, but I think like the, I think like Neil Jordan said the reason why they cast Jay Davidson because they found her, found him to be most believable, the two could like pass for a biological woman. Yeah, woman at the time, um, yeah. But um, I mean, um, I mean, I, I didn't really think, I mean, I don't know, I, I guess I didn't really think too 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 much about it just because yeah uh, i guess I mean, you you didn't because you saw it a long time ago yeah and you didn't know when you went in right i mean i knew because i feel like someone had spoiled it oh me, okay but, so yeah you did know um, yeah so i was like all right so dill's transgender yeah that's right, what i thought i was know, like all right like, like moving on i mean like there has to be more to the story than that <laughs> so. yeah that's what i was that was a little bit like I feel like, I mean, it's really hard to go back and, like, police, not police something, but critique something that is, like, a, more of a social, um, not social issue, but, like, just, like, a, almost like an anthropological situation that how, like, humans have evolved. It's just, yeah. it's hard. We can't really go back and adequately say, like, this was phobic because at the time that was, like, the reference point. Like I that mean, was how it came, you know, came across and was written in, in movies. I mean, in the early '90s, there was almost no representation of trans people, like at all. Like, period. Yeah, like, it was I always mean, played by someone who was like biologically um, the opposite sex, and they just yeah. made them look like they were like transgender. Yeah. And it wasn't even called transgender; it was like transvestite. Yeah, like that's what people said. So yeah, we didn't even have like that terminology and even like that kind of sensitivity towards it at all. But but it was always more obvious because like I first knew about 
people talking about like passing when you're talking about like Paris is burning Mm. And some of those uh, people in, interviewed in there are talking about like when they do the categories, it was like, who can pass like in the daylight? And it was like, I think Venus was talking about it. Yeah, like, Venus right. extravaganza. So that's the first time I ever heard someone who was trans talking about like, there are levels to this, at least like within the community of like who people don't know. Mm-hmm. And then some people do know and it doesn't, you know, that's not like they're not trying to like be the most like passing and then some people are and back and forth but like we know that now because we have so it's like so you know so much bigger the conversation but back then i can see like we didn't have much point of reference especially for like a hollywood movie yeah like i'm glad that even got made because i can just see them being like no yeah i think that um i think that getting this movie made in the first place was like a struggle just because you know people i I, apparently there's so much emphasis on the twist about like yeah. Dill being trans transgender that pe- it just like blew people away and they're like oh my god this movie has to be made but it can't be made you know and it's uh, it just seems very uh, I don't know exhausting frankly yeah but- I think that the the actual real twist is that maybe he's like homosexual yeah. I think he was he was in love with like someone who looks like a biological man. That's yeah. what I think it that's what I think was really like up in the air about it. It wasn't that, oh my gosh, he's attracted to this trans woman, it's really confusing. It was like the opposite. He was thinking about Jody. Like yeah. we saw him multiple times in his head, even when he's like getting his dick sucked, he's thinking about a guy. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> I was like, isn't that what that's that's the twist I thought? I was like, wait, yeah. then he's like probably more homosexual because um, I it just that's how it made it. Because then after Jude meets up with him again, she tries to initiate sex, and he's just like, nah. You know? Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm good. Yeah, um, that's why. And then like, of course, like the cutting of the hair, the putting on the like male clothes, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was like, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, he wants you to be I, a guy. I guess it is an outfit that he always sees that after that he always sees Jody in. Um, yeah, that's true. Is, I don't know, anyway. Yeah. In his fantasy, which is crazy. And the fact that he asks all the time, like, would he let you do this? Like you want to be him, but then you also want to be with him. It's very multi-layered. It it's, is. It's it not is. like cut and dry, you know, which I think is really interesting about it. But yeah. What are some of your, what's your like first favorite scene or no? Um, so I, th- I thought like, the movie starts off kind of slow, like, um, or not slow, but just, um, movies are like storylines where people are taken hostage, frankly, drive me nuts. I just don't really enjoy them that much. Yeah. Um, so I, um, so like once like the relationship between Fergus and Jim, um, Joey starts to get going, (laughs) excuse me. Um, (laughs) like, um, we, uh, um, we have, have like this really interesting scene where, Fergus takes Jody outside to pee, um, and um, like uh, you know, and Joey's just like, okay, can you unzip my pants? Or and he's like, can you untie my hands? And Fergus is like, no. And then Joey's like, okay, then can you unzip my pants? And Fergus is like, no. And then you know, Joey's like, all right, well, unzip my pants. And Fergus is like, all right. He's like, okay, so take my dick out. Yeah, he's like, because I'm fucking dying right now. I'm going to, like, wet my pants. And then hold me by the hands and lean me forward approximately <laughs> 10 degrees. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm going to trip all over myself. Um, so, um, I don't know. I, 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 saw that, um, I saw that dialogue was interesting. Um, I like the story 
where uh where Jody tells Fergus the story of the scorpion and the frog. Um Yeah, I do too. I like that. Because I think like I think up until this point in his life, I think Fergus would probably have considered himself a like scorpion, like someone who takes, you know, who takes more from people than he gives back. But then it's just kind of cool because by the end end of the movie, he's he's like he's like a frog. He's someone who gives, mm-hmm. um, which I, I just thought was nice. Um, and then he's um, in love with Dill, but doesn't fucking say it. Oh, you son of a bitch! Oh, you pussy! Um, <laughs> just fucking say it, say it. Um, the part where like um, it officially comes comes down that that the guy that the IRA is trying to get released is not going to be released, and that Jody is going to be executed. Um, and it cuts to like she like uh she like Fergus in the in in the greenhouse, and Jody is just like sobbing. Um, and um, you know, and Jody just says, "Please, you know, tell me a story, tell me anything." And um, Fergus says, "When I was a child, I thought as a child, but when I became." A man, I put away childish things. I was like, "Oh wow, is that like a really fancy like British poet?" Um, <laughs> and so I um, looked online, and it's like a quote from the Bible. <laughs> so, oh no way! Um, first, First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Um, <laughs> oh wow, okay. <laughs> and then um, just like the end game of like the first half of the movie, when like Fergus takes like Jody outside, and Jody is basically mind fucking him the entire time, and says. <laughs> Hey, can you take off 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 my hood, please? And Fergus is like, "All right." And um, you know, and then like his hands get get loose, and like he <laughs> just starts like sprinting through like you know the like forest, yeah. and and then like um and and then you know like um Fergus is like, "You stupid bastard!" And Joy's like, "What did you say? Did you say go faster?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'll never outrun me. Um, and then um, just like the like point where he stops and he says, "Don't shoot." don't shoot and then he turns around and i guess it didn't turn out too well for jody but i mean fergus, I was, fergus was going to let him live like i mean right i mean it he, reminds me of pedro pascal in game of thrones oh god <laughs> i was like but but it was going so well i was like this goddamn show you can't like like anyone on game of thrones i've now come to this realization starting season five that like you just can't get attached to anyone. No, no. <laughs> like, you really can't. I was just like, no, no. <laughs> oh, God. I do like um, I do like one of Dill's uh, quotes. I think it was when she was, like, in the bar and she's, like, talking through Cole, the bartender. That that that, that dy- dynamic just crashes me up each time. Like... <laughs> so funny. I love when Dill goes, I'm not cheap, you know that? I'm loud, but never cheap. <laughs> I like that. Um, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I think those are all of my favorite parts for like the first half of the movie. I guess like when... so. Once, once, uh, once Jimmy slash Fergus gets to London, I love that I love Dave is like this fucking loser who's like chasing Dill around yeah. and is always like literally everywhere. And eventually, like Dill breaks up with him. And I love that. Like, I think it's Jimmy and Dill up in her apartment, and then like Dave is outside screaming like, "Come down, Dill! Come down!" And then she just starts chucking all of his clothes, and she's like, "Take your fucking goldfish too!" Just throws. <laughs> The whole like the whole goldfish bowl with water and the fish in it just like throws it fuck off back to essex (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's really good like i liked that i thought that was really like crazy Um, and funny and then she like throws his fish out the window like a cold-blooded motherfucker
soccer. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh god. I think he like tries to pick it up. He's like, my fish. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it's so funny. So I wrote like, of course, Dill is Judy is Jody's ex, and of course he meets up with her and like falls in love with her immediately. And I love how he like goes to like the salon and she's like where did you like where did you get the recommendation because he's like she's like how did you find me and then he's like oh you know some guys i work with what's his name like who who is suggesting who's suggesting me to like other people and then you just see all these like photos of like jody and dill together like everywhere and you see him like in her apartment and stuff too and i was just like oh my gosh i was like of course uh he falls in love with her and he's supposed to be there to like deliver this message that like he was thinking about her when he died and he was like you know still really thought about her and i wrote but fergus knows like an asshole and yeah. like like yeah. is keeping this from her and essentially is like yeah it's just like the layers of like why he's in love with with dill is like really interesting but it's a different kind of relationship yeah because it's not like traditional love but it's not like a friendship you know it's like something more too mm-hmm. like um it's i mean I, I honestly don't know how to describe it um but it seems it seems very very like complicated because i mean i don't know if he's doing doing this because he's in love with jody or because he's in love with or because he's genuinely in love with dill because dill is super charismatic and like charming Mm -hmm. um so i don't know um yeah it's it's very it's like there's so many different ways that it could play out and yeah i have to like the scene where fergus finds out that dill is like biologically male Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was like super rough just because you know that like you know this is such a real world thing that happens I mean it, not that it didn't happen in 92 um, yeah. and, and before but like I I was so uncomfortable because I was like oh my god please don't let him do something to her yeah. like I didn't know what he was going to do at first when he like got sick and was like freaking out and Dill was just trying to be like I thought you knew like what I, you know, like, honestly, why were you in that bar? Like, yeah. why were you, like, doing X, Y, and Z? Like, I thought you knew. And Jimmy is just, like, vomiting, like, super sick. And then she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I I didn't mean. And he was like, no, that's. And, like, then when his face was very much like, no, it, I'm okay. Like, it's okay. I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, if you fucking touch her, like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't, like, with this movie. Like, it's going to be too, like, tough. But it made me think of, like, the Venus situation. Yeah. Like how like I think that was like I think like I guess that's what we're assumed to think that like that was like what um the last like situation she was in mm-hmm. was um but and it's also like a very common like crime that's perpetrated that amongst was, um, trans people. That was what happened to Brandon Tino, right? From Yes, Boys from Don't Boys Cry. Don't Cry in yeah, yeah. that film, which we have to do, which is another like that film's really upsetting. I, I think mm-hmm. I've seen it like twice. Yeah. Or three I, times, but it's great, but it's like, it's really, it, it's, yeah, it's really yeah. upsetting. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, um, it's, I mean, it's no excuse to be violent with someone. I think, um, I, I think he genuinely did not mean to hurt her. I think he was just sort of reacting and not, yeah. like, not, not thinking. I think he generally was, was sorry. Um, but, um, it, um, it's, um, I mean, the, um, I mean, the, the fact that this probably exact scenario plays out in real life multiple times and mm-hmm. ends in different ways is very, um, is very, you know, 
thought provoking, you know? So, um, that was, that was a, a rough scene, but, um, I, uh, um, but the whole time I was like, God, I love, I love Dill's bathrobe. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I love like everything about her place. Like know, her bed that has that cool, like curtain tapestry, like around it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's really cool. It reminds me of Rand's mom's place in my so-called life. Oh yeah. It was like very like bohemian and like, just like older and just like kind of cool. Just <laughs> like history kind of, it's just really cool. Um, so Jude's back. <laughs> Yeah, so they try to like patch things up. So you find out that Jude is back and she did not die in the Pablo Escobar narcos raid that they had. So, yeah, she's fine. Um, which is she's fine, yep, which is probably not good. Um, (laughs) she's like, So, by the way, we know everything about you, your family, and your girlfriend over there, and you better do what we need you to do here in London because, yeah, there's still IRA business to be had. It did did seem like Jude genuinely had Fergus's back though, because. Like I think she mentioned that in his absence they had held a a uh, court martial or a trial and that they wanted to sentence him to death but she um thought they should get his side of the story first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she did. She's like, I was so, waiting for you. Um. So it it, it it does it does seem like they're even though like they're Judy's a very you know like violent person who um you know who. Um, you know, who is um, horrible, but it seems like she does genuinely care for him on on some some level. It's only because she wanted to fuck Charles, and then yeah. he said no, and I mean, she's like, no, fucking I mean, no. I mean, I mean, if she wanted to have sex, can we talk about how hot the other guy was? Oh, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was like, girl. What are you doing? I mean, I, I mean, I was like, yeah. I mean, Fergus is cute, but can we talk about Peter McGuire? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, Peter was pretty cute. <laughs> um, I don't know. And just at the end, how he takes the matters into his own hands and sprints across the road with that machine gun. I was like. Rawr. oh yeah they have this like shootout in like the london street you know no big deal (laughs) they're just like killing he's like what are you guys trying to do and he's like like oh it's just some judge like whatever like he doesn't know anything of like what they're trying to do he just has to do it because they have like blackmailing him holding dill and i was like oh my god if they do something to dill it reminds me very much of like pulp fiction Yes. I think I think there actually is a correlation to in Pulp Fiction that Mia I think is dancing to Crying Game in oh, the in the movie at some point, and I uh-huh. think she does a lot of Dill's uh, mannerisms. I think I actually saw that. Oh, really? Um, yeah, too. But it reminded me too of when that was really fucking upsetting when there was that scene that it's really funny because I remember that scene more for from the Simpsons episode making fun of uh, Pulp Fiction oh. where that guy who runs that like army surplus store oh yeah, yeah yeah like it was like that scene where they had the like um where they had the like hostage scene but that scene made me really uncomfortable when i watched pulp fiction and and then when i found out that that the ira knew about dill it like made me really uncomfortable again because i was like oh my god please just i don't want anyone to hurt her yeah because like if they yeah. found out that she was like biologically male i was afraid that they would like hurt her 
And yeah. I was like, oh my God. I was like, please, please don't want this to happen. Thank God that didn't happen. But I was like, no, my God. We, I don't want them to find out. We get this pretty badass like confrontation between Dill and Jude when Yes, um, we do. Like, um, like I, I, I didn't write, write down all of it, but just like the way that they are like sniping back back and forth at, at each other. And Dill's life is like genuinely in danger, and she's still like, you know, calling Jude like old and ugly. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like really funny. And um, she ties Fergus up and she's like, no one ever gets out of my knots (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh my god Um, the way that she fucking kills jude is very like tarantino it was like oh my god the the way she like snipes jude out is like awesome like it it was very tarantino it was very jennifer coolidge white lotus if you haven't seen the new season i liked how it wasn't just like um it wasn't just like one gunshot it was like multiple gunshots and like in like kind of like insignificant places you know like her arm her leg her like you know her chest and yeah. yeah yeah like you mean to do it yeah that's the thing it's like you mean to do it um there there is that scene in, um after like <laughs> jude approaches dill and um jimmy and in, in, in the bar when dill and cole the bartender do their whole like back and forth thing mm-hmm. and like dill turns to cole and she's like fucking men cole and um, Cole says, yeah, fucking men. And then Dill <laughs> turns to Jimmy and says, fuck you, Jimmy. And like storms <laughs> out. <laughs> so good. I love Cole. Jim Broadbent. <laughs> um, you know, he's, um, I, th- I think he's a great actor. You know, he's, um, if, um, you know, sometimes when you're kind of like, um, when you've been drinking, it's fun to think about, you know, who would play your play your parents in like a oh. movie of your of your life and i always sort of saw him as playing my my uh, dad oh um, my god that'd be amazing like, but he would be the professor from what slughorn from harry yeah. potter <laughs> harry potter, harry um, potter? I, I was like yeah I, I was like okay um well, who would your mom be i think i'd um my diane mom keaton um i um i, I think probably diane keaton i, I, yeah. I, 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 I think my, my mom my mom says she would love to be played by terry gar um, oh, that's right. Yeah, you did mention that before. But <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so funny. But I don't know um, who I would have play. I don't know who my parents would be. Like who they would um, like who they'd be similar to. Yeah. To play me. I, I mean, ideally, I would want it to be like Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> that's oh, who God. I would want to be my parents <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> I mean, no one says this. This like this like biopic has has to be real. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I I would like them <laughs> to be my parents in a movie. Um, I'm just gonna but, claim that. So, um, I have to say I love the um the uh the uh montage towards the end when like things are starting to get serious when. Um, at, this is like after Jimmy has like confessed to Dill while she was um, drunk that he, he was involved in Jody's death, and like Dill just sort of like calmly wakes up and goes to his cabinet and just like ties Jimmy up without mm-hmm. even realizing it, mm-hmm. and um, like this is basically uh, like um, and then while this is going on, we see Jude slowly getting ready, you know, and like, you know, looking in the mirror, like adjusting her outfit. And I was like, God, that outfit looks great on you. So <laughs> like, good. Yeah. It was um, so chic. And I, I just love how like the, her gloves match her purse like perfectly. And um, also, she, um, it, I, I was like, there is a purse that holds a machine gun. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then um, I like um, love how, um, you know, uh yeah cuts back and um fergus is just like you know please please you gotta let let me go go dill and then dill's like why and jimmy's like because i gotta be somewhere and dill's like 
so try and go then. And then there's all, <laughs> all this like ominous music as it's like building. And then it, um, it, it, I, I, just, I, 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 th- I thought the paid buildup and the payoff for this movie were done really well. Yeah, it was really good. I do like that at the confrontation when, when J- Jude like bursts in the room and then she's like, and then there, and then like, that's when you see, um, that's what I think it must've been like after, um, after Dale shot Jude and then she's like talking to Fergus and she's like, she used her tits and that cute little ass to get him. Didn't she? <laughs> and she yeah. like says it over and over again, like to get Jody. Like that's how they trap Jody. Yeah. Like in order to like, you know, kidnap him and stuff and like hold him for ransom and stuff like that. But yeah, I thought that was really crazy. And then I also love too the, the like, um, the like exchange and I don't love it in the beginning where they're like, Hey, what's he like? And like horny bastard. And she's like, did he, did you give him it? And then Jude's like, there's certain things I won't do for my country. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think that Jude was like very racist. I mean, yeah. Like, like super I mean, fucking racist. And they were like, I was like, wait, so she's the only girl involved in this. Like that, that they have to like do this. That's why I thought this movie was going to end up being like really upsetting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was upsetting, but at least he didn't die by the hands of like the IRA in the way that I thought. Yeah. Originally, yeah. but, and that he did kind of have an essence of like getting away that at least his last moments were of him, like at some type of freedom. Yeah, that he wasn't still like in a chair bound. You know what I mean? Like at least he was like able to get out, but it was like a very split second. Yeah. Um. So I at mean, least at least there was that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it. Um, he probably thought he was getting getting away too, and probably he probably died before he knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah, that's so, what, yeah, which is like better than having to. Like, yeah, hopefully than having to like <laughs> suffer through it. Yeah, but I do love I the do last love the scene last we get where we find out that like Dill um like is let go like jimmy's like get out of here like fucking get out like go to the metro escape um you know i'm gonna take the fall and he just like waits there for the cops you see the cops like coming on the way and then the next scene you see him in jail and i think he's in jail for like 2300 days which is like six years yes i think that's about right i think so you see dill like we mentioned the outfit that she's wearing come to see him and she brings like multivitamins and like I want to make sure you're healthy while you're in there. I was like, oh my God, they're still together. (laughs) Why don't you say I love you? (laughs) Come on, Jimmy Fergus. (laughs) Fucking say it. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was actually like that. The ending was like a good ending. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like something super depressing and sad, but I'm really glad that you suggested this one because it was good. It was like emotional, um... but it was good. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a lot of stories involving queer, transgender people have a tragic ending. And I, I guess just the fact that it's kind of more or less ended well for everyone. I mean, maybe not Jude, but, um, you know, every, everyone well, else, you know, like... I Jude mean, was a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she um, was a bitch. But, you know, I mean, Freeze is in jail, but I mean, you know, he's, you know, it's it's not like, it's not in, it's not like in un... It's it, the amount of time that he's in is like doable, I think. And I don't so. think it's like Oz. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's in and, like Oz. Um, also, I just wrote down that his like prison outfit looks really comfortable too. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was actually like pretty chic. I liked it. Yeah. But did you also hear that I think there was like a voiceover or maybe Dill said it or maybe Dill said it and it was like when someone does time for you, like that's love. Like I mean, that's yeah. I mean that is you're literally giving up lot like your life for someone yeah. else. 
like that is like the most that's ride or die as they yeah, say I think so <laughs> that's literally the definition of ride or die um cool well you know we have this has been a nice one this is a good like start to the new year so this is kind of like multi-level this is on hbo max right now as we're recording it and yes. we're going to be doing the cure soon the brad renfro joseph Mazzello film which is also super emotional so speaking of crying um yeah get ready for that <laughs> <laughs> um you've never seen it i think jai has never seen it so all three of no. us are gonna do that so that's really good i'm excited for that i think um you hear it here first before i post it on instagram but the forward flash for this uh month is gonna be candy Woo-hoo! with a- abby cornish and heath ledger from 2006 it's so good so if you haven't seen it go watch the trailer and watch that now because that'll be coming out and then yeah just i have a lot of stuff planned for the podcast in 2023 so we'll see what ends up happening. Um, you know, changing some stuff up and adding stuff and join the Patreon. Join I the can't believe you're going to make us wait. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Sorry oh, about it. Damn it. <laughs> damn it. But oh, as you hear this, you're going to already know if you're on Patreon that we have a pretty amazing 90210 episode up. Um, it's, yeah, it's like the, the holiday. I, I think I was going to call it the holiday drug spectacular, but I think I'm going to call it the holiday vice spectacular. Okay. Because I think drug might get like flagged, yeah, from yeah. like um, what do you call it, like the title in um, like iTunes and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes they get flagged and stuff like that. So Vice is cool. We'll call okay. it a, a yeah. Vice spectacular, but we'll put little emojis so you know what's up. But so yeah, we talk about Cocaine Kelly and you know the kids dropping Molly at a rave <laughs> with Emily Valentine. <laughs> so yeah, it's really good. And uh, yeah, well, this is the new year, so enjoy this episode, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.